Welcome to CPAC's Today in Politics. It's Thursday, March 30th. I'm Julie Van Dusen. Here are the big political stories we're talking about today. The Prime Minister defends the deficit spending in the budget, saying his government is focusing on the right priorities. Our budget is there to meet Canadians in what they need for right now and for the coming years. Uh, We're there to support with affordability, we're there to support uh, with the cost of groceries, we're there uh, to help Canadians through the difficult times we are, but in a targeted way that remains fiscally responsible. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh takes credit for some big ticket items in the budget. The Democrats are very proud that we forced this government to deliver dental care, the biggest expansion of our Medicare in a generation. It's historic and we're proud of that. With dental care and the GST rebate doubling that we forced this government to do, families will save $1,700 on average per year. That's significant. Conservative leader Pierre Poiliev says he will make no promises to keep any of the budget initiatives if he becomes prime minister. We're going to study what's in the budget and we'll come up with our own election platform. And the Bloc Québécois stands by the Quebec government's desire to opt out of the federal dental care plan. This is not a federal jurisdiction and it's not because the federal has so much more money than provinces in Quebec that the federal is entitled to say you will do this and that and that in your own jurisdiction. This is not to be allowed and Quebec is right to say that we want our part of the money without any condition. So I'm now joined by Catherine Levesque, who's a parliamentary reporter for the National Post. Good morning. It's great that you've joined me. Thank you. Good morning. So um, lots to talk about because the day following the budget, uh, the prime minister is kind of out and about selling the budget. Christia Freeland doing the same thing. Many, many cabinet ministers. And uh, they're focusing on the aspect for dental care and the grocery rebate uh, and the green energy jobs. Now, they don't so much talk about the ballooning deficit. Is this this an issue? Is this a problem? Yeah, I I think, you know, Unfortunately for them, that that those were the high the the headlines, right? Uh, you know, right after the budget, as soon as we got out of the lockup, uh, you know, all the headlines were, well, we were maybe supposed to have a surplus in in a couple of years. Well, that's not there anymore. Um, it was very predictable. I mean, no one was expecting to actually have a surplus soon, but uh, with, with all the you know with, with all the big investments in in healthcare, certainly, and you know, for for the EVs for uh, tax credits, so. Um, Look, I, I think they do have a big job right now because really th- this is a hard sell for the government. I mean, the, this this budget is not an easy thing to sell. You know, I was noticing Justin Trudeau yesterday. He was making a post-budget stop um, and he actually, you know, it wasn't at a grocery store. It wasn't at a dentist. It wasn't even at an electric vehicle shop, uh, you know, which are important themes in the budget. It was at a child care center. So, uh, you know, and he he went on to talk about how, how child care uh, agreements, you know, are actually helping families and all that. So I thought it was kind of interesting and, and a bit strange that he wasn't really talking directly about the budget, but rather about things that were announced um, in, you know, two years ago uh, in, in that budget. So it, it's really, it's a hard sell. It was sell. kind of random that he was there. Yeah. 
A little bit. And, and you know, it's it's kind of interesting because just before the budget, I was talking to Robert Rasselin, who, uh, as you know, has worked for Bill Morneau before. And uh, that that's kind of what he was predicting, right? You know, he was saying, look, tax credits for green energy, like it, it doesn't really have a huge impact on people's lives. Like it's it's a hard thing to sell. And it's a lot of billions. We're talking about $80 billion uh, over 10 years. So, um, you know, people don't really see that as help for their immediate future and, you know, dental care, the GST rebate, you know, dubbed as the grocery uh, rebate, you know, that will certainly help some Canadians, some lower income Canadians, but, you know, it's not gonna, going to help everyone. So, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, it's it's a bit of a, I, I don't think this budget has the uh, the reception rather that the uh, Liberals were hoping for. Hmm. Yeah, well, so, but the NDP certainly is, uh, crowing about the fact that everything in there that you've just mentioned, certainly the, the 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 big ticket items like the grocery rebate and dental care, which um, and we can point out was twice what they as expensive as they thought it would be. Right? It was it's thirteen billion dollars as opposed to yeah. roughly six. The NDP is saying, look, if it weren't for us, none of this would be in there. Uh, and and uh, Singh is kind of going on a tour. I think, starting today to promote his role in it. So what's his game plan? Uh, look, he, he's just taking it all in. You know, he he takes all the credit for all the things he wants and, and none of the responsibilities. You know, you, you mentioned rightfully so, um, you know, the, the ballooning costs of, of, of dental care, which granted the NDP had um, actually estimated that it would be about $11 billion. And for some reason, the government did not come to that conclusion last year. And, and so, you know, with talking to experts and, you know, consulting, but also seeing the the high uptake um, of this program, I mean, they actually decided that it would be $13 billion over five years now. So, you know, Jagmeet Singh is... Is, is really in a sweet spot right now. I, I think, you know, he delivered a speech yesterday to his caucus. They were all beaming. Um, and, and, you know, when you think about it, and, and that's kind of their message that they're uh, conveying, uh, there are only 25 new Democrats in the House, and they hold a lot of power in Parliament right now. And I, I think this budget is a reflection of that. So they're very happy to continue to support the Liberals, you know, as per their agreement. Um, and so, you know, I understand why Jagmeet Singh is, is starting his tour. I mean, I think, you know, he might even have a more elaborate post-budget tour than uh, than liberals. I, I guess we'll see because we don't have the prime minister's itinerary, you know, at the moment when we're speaking. So, um, but look, I, I think, you know, this is a good moment for the NDP right now. But I think really the challenge will be at the, ne at the next election, um, you know, when the NDP will have to criticize the government and, you know, say uh, how they're different from uh, from the liberals. Right. I mean, they, they do that a lot. They, they, they do say that we would have spent money differently. We wouldn't be giving subsidies to fossil fuel companies and, right. and so on. I mean, they try to differentiate themselves, but um, there, I mean, there could be storm clouds on the horizon because there was nothing about pharmacare. And when the prime minister was asked about where's pharmacare, uh, I mean, let's face it, the obvious answer is, look, there's just no more money. But, uh, you know, he 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 said, <clears throat> you know, basically, I like pharmacare. It's great. But, you know, I mean, I like cereal in the morning, but I'm not putting any milk on it. He was very kind of lukewarm about the whole thing. Uh, so that could be a problem down the road because the NDP has put pharmacare a, a bit as a line in the sand. Yes, absolutely. But, you know, I, I, granted, the, the NDP has 
tried to put a lot of lines in the sand and ha- hasn't actually respected them. But uh, on Pharmacare, look, I think the Liberals are really in a tough spot right now because they do realize that this is going to be very, very expensive. And, you know, if dental care is to be an example, I mean, you never know until you know, right, what the what the, what the cost, what the actual cost will be of, of the program. And, you know, this is a, a recurring expense, you know, that will just continue and and really you know, add to the deficit, basically, every, every year. Um, So I think the liberals are really trying to tread carefully on this issue. Um, At the same time, I mean, as per the agreement, uh, you know, the the liberals have to uh, table a bill on pharmacare for the implementation of pharmacare and pass it by the end of this year. Um, So, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. I I think, you know, Jagmeet Singh is still optimistic. He's still hoping that that will happen. Now, you know, passing a bill on implementing something is not the same thing as budgeting something. You know, that seems to be a problem for for next year. Uh, But yes, you're you're right. There might be, you know, some, um, some clouds on the horizon on that front. Right. And the danger, of course, is the public might start to say, uh, you know, what price this coalition, right, to keep, uh, you know, is this all about keeping Justin Trudeau in power or is this giving me anything? Right. Mm-hmm. And Pierre Polyev seems to have managed to really hammer away at that theme of the costly coalition. I mean, Catherine, you know, since Trudeau got in in 2015, um, you know, Andrew Scheer, Aaron O'Toole, to me, they were like little garter snakes, like, you know, circulating around Trudeau and and, and uh, Poiliev is like a boa constrictor, kind of squeezing the political life out of him. He's got a real adversary in Poiliev, right? Yes. Oh, oh, yes, absolutely. And, and you know, um, when Poiliev was first elected, you know, I would say, I, I think, you know, the liberals are galvanized. I, you know, I saw the prime minister kind of uh, energized and, uh, you know, ready to put up a fight. Uh, but, you know, these days it's getting more and more difficult, it seems, in the House of Commons, because Poiliev, you know what, he's getting actually better in question period. Uh, you know, he's He's taking that Tom Mulcair approach, which, which is, you know, to ask very short and concise yes or questions. No. Yes, or yes or no. Yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, you know, the prime minister is, you know, when you ask the same question about 20 times, I mean, of course, you know, it, it makes the, the government look ridiculous if they always repeat the same thing. Right. So um, but look, at, at the same time, I mean, I think they're, um, you know, at the same time, Pierre Polyev, I think his problem right now is that he's not able to say, um, you know, what he will keep or what he will not keep in the budget. You know, he's not able to craft his vision. So, you know, very good adversary for sure. But at the same time, I, I do see that, you know, he's a little bit vulnerable on, on that front. And certainly I think he's been listening to uh, uh, his former boss, Stephen Harper, who was just in Ottawa last week and uh, kind of telling him to not put all his cards on the table, you know, not say what he will or will not do if he becomes prime minister. Um, and I, I think we got, a you know, an example of that yesterday because he, um, uh, Pierre Polyev had a press conference, was asked repeatedly by reporters if he would, uh, you know, keep the, all the tax credits, you know, for, for green energy, he wouldn't say, um, you know, same thing for dental care. He kept on repeating, well, look, the program doesn't exist yet. So, you know, therefore, he didn't really have an answer for that. Well, um, yeah, so, but so I mean, does he like the program or not? Like he just wouldn't. Oh, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't commit. He wouldn't commit. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's all up in the air. I mean, he could take that budget and rip it and rip it apart, right? He could. Um, it's it's hard to say. He he really wouldn't answer the the questions, and uh, got mad that those questions were were even asked. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, I mean, that's part of the game, right? You have to be able to answer the questions. So absolutely. Um, so now on another matter, when we were just talking about dental care, I thought it was very interesting that the ink was barely dry on the budget. And, uh, you know, Quebec's health minister, um, uh, je me rappelle pas de son nom. Is it Girard? Eric Girard. Yes, yes, right. So, uh, so he came out and said, "Look, we already have a dental plan. I don't, I don't want this thing. And uh, give me the money. Give me the three billion because uh, we're not, we don't want any part of this. I mean, am I, am I characterizing that correctly? Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's entirely typical, right? Um, you know, especially for well, Quebec and, and the Legault government in particular. I mean, I think they they don't like Ottawa meddling in their areas of jurisdiction. Um, certainly, you know, Quebec already has a program that provides dental care for children under 10 um, and, and people on social assistance. So they're really not interested in, in, in having the feds come up with a new program that could quash theirs. And, and Quebec would rather just have its share of the 13 billion, which comes up to uh, 3 billion approximately over five years and use it in areas of healthcare, right? Because, uh, you know, we, we, we when all the provinces were signing the healthcare agreements, you know, Quebec was very reluctant to sign it because they thought it wasn't enough money. They ended up doing it just because all the other provinces were also signing those deals. Uh, they, you know, decided to take the money on the table. But look, this is, they're still trying to get everything they can to, um, you know, get more money on healthcare. And I think this is certainly an example of this. Uh, so I, I would say not a really surprising take from, from Quebec. And I, I'd be surprised, however, if other provinces decide to take this approach. I think this might be just a, a Quebec issue. But you think you think the federal government would have known about this before launching this dental care plan? No, oh. I mean, they would know what Quebec would do, wouldn't they? For sure. I, I think they were expecting such a reaction. I, I don't know if they were expecting it as quickly. You know, like you said, le less than 24 hours after the budget was, you know, was tabled, um, you know, Quebec already comes out and says, yeah, no, we're, we're not going to be, you know, we're, we're going to be opting out of this program. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> so, that's uh, a, that's so, a little discouraging when you've got this big dental plan that you're trying to sell and you've got one province is saying, sorry, not interested. But as you say, maybe the others will stick together and, and, yeah. you know, and not, not opt out. And it, it was the same thing during childcare. You know, Quebec was said, look, we, we're just going to take the money. And they ultimately did, um, to, to be fair, with, you know, very, very few conditions uh, on healthcare. They kind of had to follow the, the pack. So, you know, I think the federal government is still optimistic at this point. And, you know, we, we saw um, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, Jean-Yves Duclos, the health minister, say, look, ultimately, this is going to be a, nat a national program. Quebecers also want to have dental mm -hmm. care. So we're going to be having discussions. We're going to be, you know, sitting down with Premier Legault. But uh, ultimately, I think the feds are, are determined to move ahead with this. Okay, well, so there's a lot uh, to look at in the coming days. And I guess if you're Justin Trudeau, you're looking forward to that two-week Easter break where you don't have to go to the, the Commons for two weeks. <laughs> Absolutely. I think he's counting the hours. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Listen, have a great day, Catherine, and uh, we'll see you soon. That's Catherine Levesque, parliamentary reporter for the National Post. I think people need to understand uh, that this is a time uh, where Canadians need that extra support. Now, let's take a look at what political columnists, commentators, and editorialists are saying today. In the Toronto Star, Armin Yalnizian argues the federal budget is a swing and a miss for the shrinking feminist government of Canada. 
She writes, what happened to Canada's first self-declared feminist government? The one that promised to help the middle class and those trying to get into it. After a year of scorching inflation and with the threat of recession looming, we desperately needed that government back in action. But Budget 2023 addresses the need to transition to a clean energy economy with more vigor than making sure Canada's most vulnerable are assured of food, housing and care. It talks about the need for private sector investments more earnestly than the need to get EI recession ready. These choices ignore the basics women still struggle with, she writes, And that's not what we expected from the most feminist and one of the most progressive governments Canada has ever had. In the Globe and Mail, Conrad Yakubuski argues the budget's copycat approach puts Canada's economic future in the hands of U.S. policymakers and lobbyists. He writes, the title of Budget 2023 is a Made in Canada plan, which is ironic since its signature economic initiatives were inspired by K Street lobbyists in Washington. Ottawa has assumed a defensive crouch, mainly out of fear of missing out. But that is not a compelling reason to justify subsidizing electric vehicle and battery manufacturing on this scale, no matter how much Christia Freeland likes to say it would be reckless not to do so. The budget's emphasis on subsidies for clean manufacturing and electricity contrasts with near total silence on measures that might actually form the basis for the robust industrial policy that Ms. Freeland promised last fall. Ottawa has once again kicked the can down the road on revamping Canada's hodgepodge of research and development incentives and totally ignored pleas for a major investment in university research funding. Now here's what's coming up on today's political agenda. Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland will be in Vancouver. She will participate in an armchair discussion hosted by the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade to discuss the budget. Later, she will tour a clean electricity research and development facility and hold a media availability. She will be joined by the Premier of British Columbia, David Eby. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh will speak to reporters in Ottawa. Natural Resources Minister Jonathan Wilkinson will attend the Berlin Energy Transition Dialogue 2023 in Berlin, Germany. And many cabinet ministers are fanning out to promote the budget, including Environment Minister Stephen Guilbeault, who will speak about budget investments in Quebec City. Northern Affairs Minister Dan Vandal will host an event in Yellowknife. Transport Minister Omar Algabra will speak about the budget in Scarborough, Ontario. FedDev Ontario Minister Philomena Tassi will visit businesses in Brampton, Ontario, to speak about the budget. International Trade Minister Mary Ng will visit small businesses and stakeholders in Atlanta, Canada to highlight federal budget investments. And Heritage Minister Pablo Rodriguez will highlight federal budget investments for residents in Longueuil, Quebec. That's CPAC today in politics for Thursday, March 30th. Tune in to Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. I'm Julie Van Dusen. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.